Hello, welcome to the You Can Try podcast. I'm Penny Wilkin from You Can Coaching. And on this podcast, I'm going to talk to people who share my passion for swimming, cycling, running and triathlon, as well as anything in between. So I'm here on a sunny Saturday afternoon, get the day right, (laughs) at Dost Hill, just sitting under the trees by the church. And I'm just going to have a chat with Claire, Claire Bergham, before we go for a swim in the quarry. And we're going to talk a bit about race planning and preparation, just to help your confidence, your physical performance, and help your race go a bit better. So before I go any further, welcome to Claire, and let's get Claire to introduce herself. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for uh, inviting me to be on your podcast. You're welcome. I think this is a a really valuable for anybody who's doing what we do. So, um, yeah, I'm relatively relatively new to long-distance triathlon. Relatively um, new. (laughs) Rubbish, rubbish. (laughs) So, yeah, so Ironman, first Ironman at 47 about um, seven years ago. I've done four Ironman. before that was much shorter distance stuff and so on. I always said I could, I could never run the marathon. <laughs> um, but yeah, got into Ironman then and um, done lots of other stuff around that. So some long distance swimming, really love the swimming. Very excited that we've got to swim after this today. Um, yeah, a few marathons, um, but yeah. So you've been racing every year, seven, eight years? For the last seven or eight years, I've been doing quite a lot of racing, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. And can you tell us about any races that have gone horribly wrong and what you learned from it? So then we've got an idea about how some race planning and preparation might help. Yeah. Well, the first one that came to mind, and I wouldn't, you know, is it horribly wrong? I don't know. But the first one that came to mind was um, something that happened last year when I was on Long Course Weekend Wales. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that, Penny? Do you remember that? Yeah. So Long Course Weekend Wales is uh, basically Ironman Wales over three days. So you do the long swim on the Friday and you do the long bike on the Saturday, the 112-mile bike, and you do the marathon on the Sunday. And and then if you enter the whole weekend, you get this extra extra special medal. Um, and, and they all fit together, not, don't they? They all fit together, yeah, yeah. and um, and it's a nice parade that through through Tembe at the end, and you know, um, and um, so I was really I was really well prepared. I thought um, for all of the events, we had a great time on the Friday night, and um, so prepared. You mean physically prepared? I was physically prepared. I thought kit, kit physically prepared, prepared, kit prepared, nutrition prepared. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean it's a bit different to other things I've done because it was over three days, so there yeah. were some unknowns. But you know, I think I, I thought I was as well prepared as I could be, and. Um, and then we, um, I suppose the point to take us to, well, on the, the first thing was I noticed on, this, on the, um, the, the, the morning of the ride, I was going to have to go in a later start wave than I, 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 than I um, had thought because I had tri bars on my bike. And, um, and I thought, oh no, better look at the, better look at the uh, cutoff times. Um, and I realised I could still, even starting a bit later, I was still fine for the cutoff for the end of the bike because um, you know I need to complete each of the events to get the final medal. And um, so that was all good, and um, bike went really well. Um, and the way that they run it is, you sort of you do like um, about seventy odd miles. You come back through Tenby, and then because some people just finish at that point because there's a shorter distance. Um, but I was, was ready to come through Tembe and go and do the last bit to, to complete the bike. 
And as I came into Tenby, I knew there was a right turn, and it was all blocked off. And uh, I was being funneled down the finishing chute, and uh, it suddenly hit me. Uh, in fact, somebody said it from the side of the road. There was a cutoff, midpoint cutoff, or two thirds of the way cutoff, um, at one o'clock. And uh, it was, what time was it then? About 1.07. So I've missed it by about seven minutes. So, um, you know, if I'd have, so, you know, how could I have avoided that? I mean, it was an awful penny. I was, oh, well, you probably remember. Um, you know, the emotional ride through the sort of fun, the funnel after the, uh, down to the finish. And I was just in tears. I was so frustrated because I was all ready to finish it, you know. Um, so, um, you know, for me, the biggest lesson was, you know, I should really have been much more prepared around what were the cutoffs. I never look at cutoffs because I always assume I can make them. I could make the last one. But what I didn't know was there was this other one that was earlier on in the... And if I'd have known about it, I would have not stopped at the first feed station or... Started at the front of the queue. Or I started at the front of the queue. Or maybe I'll take my try bars off because I could have done that. Yeah. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, yeah. And so, I mean, that was a great lesson for all of us because yeah. I don't think any of us knew. Yeah. I didn't know that there was a midway cut-off. Yeah, yeah. And it's like if you'd had a couple of punctures or something, that could have slowed you down yeah. or yeah. and then spent too long having a cup of tea in the yeah. feed stations or yeah. whatever, then, you know, that could have meant that you missed it. Yeah. And, you know, so-and-so, I didn't know. And um, also, I didn't know much about the terrain and the course and yeah. the route. You yeah. know, I don't know. I just hadn't looked. Yeah. So that was actually a bit of a lesson for me. Yeah. And so now every time I go to a race, yeah. I look at the terrain a bit more carefully and the route map yeah. and the profile and the yeah. cut-off. So, um, yeah, for sure, I learnt from that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my little story about Ironman France that yeah. I told you before we started, yeah. Yeah. where I was... Um, you know, through a bit of an accident, quite close to the cutoffs. I actually learnt from that um, that you know, to about checking yeah. checking cutoffs and yeah. you know, average speeds. You haven't mentioned it, but one race I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> oh my goodness! Was your marathon that you did last year? Uh, okay, right, yeah. So yeah, I thought, yeah. you know, that was quite. I mean, yeah. can you remember the what Worcester happened? One. Yeah, Worcester. Well, so, so um, sorry to bring this yeah. up. We haven't agreed about this. No, I just yeah. remember you being um, super fit, yeah. um, on track for a PB, super yeah. confident, pacing, uh, great plan. And then you chatted to some friends at the start and ran out with them and yeah. even managed like a PB in the first 10K or something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then obviously yeah. couldn't, oh, couldn't gosh, keep yes. it up. Thanks for bringing you that know, up. Penny. It, you know, slow, because it slowed down. So that was, a, that was a classic where, yes, I. I you know, I'd thought about pacing um, in, in terms of what I wanted to achieve and what I should be aiming for in those early. And uh, I was just having such a good time chatting to the friends. Yeah, this feels easy. This feels easy. I knew I wanted to start off easy and this feels easy. But it felt easy because I was distracted. <laughs> so, yes. yes. And it's not it like you didn't have a plan. It's just it didn't go quite according yes. to plan, I yeah. guess. Yeah, so um, there's having a plan is one thing. Yeah. But there's also how do you make sure that you stick to it or you're aware of it or, you yeah. know keep your focus on it yeah know. and so um yeah, yeah i mean i think back to races that yeah. haven't gone so well for me yeah and quite a lot of them are last year right yeah um yeah. so uh, and you know i was super fit yeah done loads of training yeah. training for the iron man yeah super excited loads of fancy kit on this bike it was going to be amazing yeah. super fast yeah and the first race of the season i did was uh, graph man which is a half ironman distance mm -hmm. and i'd faffed about with the straw on my aero bottle the night before and uh, you know first time i'd used it 
uh, and it didn't quite work. I can't remember what the problem was, but it didn't really work. So the straw didn't work on the bike. And so I didn't really drink enough and eat enough. Yeah. And then I got on the run and I was just broken. And I was, I was gutted. I was distraught because I'd done so much training. There should be no question that I could get through a half marathon without stopping. But yeah, of course, I just hadn't eaten and drank enough. So, you know, I had no hope. So you'd think I'd learn from that. So go on to the Cotswolds uh, Half Ironman thing in August. So, you, so I did learn from it and I did take on more nutrition. Um, but you know what? I was still broken in the half marathon. And, you know, although the overall finishing times of these races I was super happy about, it's just no one likes to be beaten by the race, especially if you think you're fit and you can do it. Yeah, and I was going, I was walking in this Cotswolds thing and you're thinking, God, what, how much training do you actually need to do to be able to run all the way around these races? Um, yeah, and again, you know, when I reviewed it all, the nutrition in detail, it, and because I'd had a plan before I went into it, I could figure out how much I'd actually taken and how much I'd actually eaten, and I could check that against my plan. And when I did that, again, I could see that I'd been nowhere close to having enough nutrition, enough energy, enough liquid, enough carbohydrates, enough fuel. So, of course, I was going to be walking. So, yeah, and that's like I did my first Ironman in 2008. So it's 11 years and I'm still learning. <laughs> How long does it take? Her? Mm -hmm. So... Uh, let's talk about race planning then. So yeah, mm. how, how do you think it's helped you? What what does it do for you? I think the, 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 the biggest thing is it, it gives me a confidence going in. Although, although we've now talked about some, some times where, you know, oh, I missed that or I didn't stick to the plan. But going into the race, I think that's the biggest thing it gives me is, um, is a confidence that I've thought of as much as I can or what might happen or what kit I need or you know all that kind of thing so you know if I'm if it's international then it helps me in the making sure I've got everything with me the packing the getting ready and all that kind of thing and uh, you know it helps me in the days the build up so that I'm doing things in, in the best way to optimize performance um, so I think that's the biggest thing is it you know it gives me a confidence that I've you know I've, I've thought about as much as I could have done um, yeah leading into it yeah, and I think the thing for me is the anxiety, right? The stress yeah. and the anxiety. That yeah. sometimes you don't realise you're putting yourself under mm. or how it, how you're, um, I don't know, suffering from it a bit. Whereas if you've got a plan and some preparation and you've gone through it all, mm. it helps to stop the... It helps me stop the wasted energy from worrying and stressing and yeah. anxiety. But you know, the other thing is, if I'm nervous or anxious, then I do stupid things. I make stupid mistakes. Mm. Whereas if you've planned and you've reduced your nerves and your anxiety as much as possible, then you're not going to make so many stupid mistakes. Or, or if something unexpected happens, you're more able to, to deal with it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so go on, tell me what mm. sort of things you do in your race preparation and planning process right okay so um and this is i think one of the best things that you've ever introduced me to is this whole thinking through um what what's going to happen at each stage so um you know what's what's going to happen in in the lead up to the race 
uh, what's going to happen just before the race, what's going to happen and what do I need with me, what kit do I need and what am I going to do with it. So what's going to happen in the lead up to the race, in, in, you know, in the, each, of the, uh, each of the legs, in the transitions, afterwards, um, and you know, almost walk through in my mind, you know, what, what kit am I going to need, what order am I going to put it on in, um, you know, am I going to need sun cream or not, am I going to need spare contact lenses and, uh, and all that kind of thing. And so that if I know exactly when I'm going to need them, I can make sure they're in the right, right place for the different steps, you know, make sure the right things are in the right bag. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I guess that's, that's one of the most valuable things around preparation is that you know walking through that and and doing that kind of planning and, and listing out and I mean it's different for every race but just having gone through the process once it, it's when you go through it again I mean you can almost start with the same list and just change it yeah you know? that's what I do yeah and um uh yeah it's brilliant I mean <laughs> that might be one reason why I've decided to do um like I've done Austria once, but then Barcelona three times <laughs> because, um, you know, a lot of it I know, I know about, you know, what's happening when and where things are. Because, you know, the other thing about race preparation is is looking at the looking at the course. You talked about looking at the course earlier, um, you know, where everything is in relation to each other, um, you know, the layout of, of the of, and, and so on. And, um, you know, that was great going back and doing the same big race again a lot of that was yeah i know all that i know all that and um so yes, go on, good. tell us what sort of information do you look out for about the course um well i mean it's the whole so um the whole layout of 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 the race itself so is it you know where's transition where's the start um you know where everything is and and certainly you know when i'm putting stuff in transition the night before i'd always take time to walk through you know, I come out of the swim start, okay, I'm then going to walk around into T1 and um, and actually walk through so that I'm sticking it in my memory, you know, um, where stuff is and everything. And, um, you know, looking for landmarks that are going to be there the following day so I know where my bike is and, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. So so there's the course, you know, when you're actually out doing it, but there's also the, the layout of the whole day. So, um, so, yeah, so, yeah, where things are on came where the start is all that kind of obvious stuff um but but also yeah what what's the actual what's the swim course yeah, yeah so <laughs> go on, what sort sounds of obvious details but, so one of know. one of the details i missed at barcelona was so it was it's sort of out and back isn't it yeah. and the thing that really drove me up the wall was i kept going it's the next boy we turn up the next boy we turn up the next boy and every boy we got to it wasn't it it was the next one so i obviously hadn't done enough research mm. about how i knew when to turn or how many boys it was mm. you know before i turned yeah and the same as some of those half iron mans i did i hadn't looked at the course in enough detail so i didn't know how many laps it was or mm. where the nutrition was or or just simple things like that mm. Mm. um so yeah, so knowing about the swim course, yeah, how yeah. many laps it is, what yeah. the route is, yeah. whether it's in the water or yeah, or, or um, what a deep water start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. off the um, off the pontoon is actually a common one these days. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Ironmans you run yeah. down and jump in or dive in or yeah, slide yeah. in. You know, and I'd want to know that in advance so yeah. I could practice diving in with yeah. the goggles on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or have a strategy if you mm. weren't going to dive. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Then what about the bike course? What sort of things do you look out for? Um, yeah. So um, if possible, it's great to go out and do a recce of the bike course. I mean, I I knew it was a fairly flat um, course before I first went and did it, 
but um, but it was great to just get on the bike and just you know ride out how the weather start would be and just ride out onto that main road and just just give it a go and just feel what it was like. So and I mean I hadn't practiced the whole of the bike course, but yeah, just having can. a feel for what it was like riding and you yeah. know, here and, and yeah. so on. So so yeah, I guess it's where are the big hills, where are the feed stations, where's the um, where the mechanics if I need them. Just just in, you know getting clear in my head and the penalty big box. Thing, penalty box. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up as well, well, well Penny. Yeah, but, but just, just but you true. always you know, know. I would yeah. never have thought, you know, I was going to get a penalty. Um, it was the whole drafting thing, you know. Um, and, um, you know, luckily, I... <laughs> yeah. you weren't right, yeah. I didn't know where it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... And that's a, that's a good thing, because, you know, the same with the cut-off. I could think, oh, I don't need to worry about that, because it's not going to happen to me. It could do. So yeah, because yeah. maybe you had a mechanical and you'd wait ages for the van. Yeah, and then if you didn't know what the cutoff was, yeah, you'd perhaps just be pootling along. Whereas if you knew, then maybe yeah. you could race the last exactly. thirty miles or something to make the cutoff. Yeah, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. other things I look at are on the bike course is like how much climbing there is, yeah. like feet of climbing on the course. Yeah. So you've got an idea maybe of how hard it is. Yeah. But one of the things that's really hard is to compare is races in Europe versus races in the UK because the road surfaces and the road type is very mm, different. Mm. So often people go, oh, for example, people go, oh, I would never do Austria because it's hilly. And, you know, for sure there are some hills in Austria and I don't know how much feet of climbing there is, but, you know, it, it, it's something to think about. Mm. But the thing is that the road surface is amazing in Austria and the roads are fast, mm. often because they're straight and, you know, things like that. So even though there's hills... Actually, Austria is a super fast course, and people, the guy set the um, world record there when I, year I did it, or the year you did it, I can't mm. remember. So, yeah, so one thing to look at as well as the course information is the times, right? So, you go away and you look at sort of some times of people in your age group, what the fastest people did, what the slowest people did, you know, that, and a range of times. Maybe if you know somebody who's done the race before, that you maybe sometimes train with or you know of in your club, then maybe you look to see what their times were mm. and then it starts to give you an idea of how fast, you know, the course is mm. or how hard it is, you know, those those types of things. Mm. And mm. actually, while we're talking about cycling, the other mm. thing we've used to help with our plans is Best Bike Split, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's been really good. And I think a lot of these things, is it's like incremental. Like, in my first time, man, I wouldn't have been as as detailed and planning and looking what other people have done even if even if you'd have suggested I did it you probably did suggest but you know I was I had so many other things on higher up on my list and probably didn't get to it but then when we you know maybe the third or the fourth one I was paying a bit more attention to what other people were doing and and thinking about how that meant for me and the same with best bike split I you know a few years ago I wouldn't even have thought about or what power I need to put out you know but actually um, you know, as I've now started to use power and I'm now starting to, you know, work in a different way, um, it's been really useful. Yeah, yeah. So best bikes, but yeah, yeah. just a good tool yeah. to help help you plan your. Do you want to say a bit race. about what that is for people? Um, yeah, so it, it. Yeah. It, it's like a, an online app. Yeah. That uses a they're amazing mathematicians and algorithms, algorithms, <laughs> and they draw data from the weather and the road and your bike and all sorts of things and yeah. do this mathematical modelling to based on your weight, your threshold power, your bike, the course, the yeah. date of your race, all of this sort of stuff, the potential weather, and um, it can give you some estimated time that you might do your bike split in, as well as a plan and give you some guidelines of how to use your power 
over the course of, of the race. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just going to say yeah. about comparing times to other people. Yeah. You know, I get a lot of people that come to me and they say they're not out for a time in their Ironman. They're not competitive. They just want to finish it. Yeah. And then they'll say, well, you know, I don't need to look at other people's times because I'm not racing anyone else. I'm only racing yeah. myself. But the point of looking at other people's times is just to give you an idea of how yeah. long it's going to take you on that bike course yeah. or, you know, what other people do. Because yeah. um, I'm sure yeah. I've turned up to races thinking I'm going to do X time yeah. and then you end up being an hour slower and you're really disappointed, you know, and you think you're crap and you have this terrible race. But in actual fact, you were never, you were always going to be an hour slower because the race was so slow. In fact, I did, I, I can tell you another race, it is an half iron man down in the forest of Dean where exactly that happened to me. I must have been like six weeks out from my Ironman and I went down and did the, this middle distance and um, yeah, it was terrible. Like, yeah, honestly, I was like 45 minutes slower on the bike. Yeah, I was like half an hour slower on the run and you think you're terrible, you think you're last and actually it was just a hilly hard course and blowing a gale. Yeah. So it was going to be slow. But if I'd known all of that, I could have factored it in and I wouldn't have been any faster, but I might have enjoyed my day better. That's the thing. I might have been happier about it. Yeah. Whereas, in fact, I didn't enjoy a single minute of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anything else in your... Um, yeah, what about nutrition? Yeah. Nutrition planning. Yeah, and I, this is something that I've, I'm constantly need to get better at, I think. Um, so I think the biggest thing is, yeah, there's thinking, thinking it through what might I need, how much might I need, and, um, you know, you're really helpful there in sort of helping me try and work it out. Um, but this practicing it is really important, um, is um, actually making myself, you know, in long training rides or in long runs, um, practice taking on that kind of nutrition, um, even if I feel I don't need it in that context. And that's what I was doing this year before the whole lockdown thing happened was, you know, just trying to, trying to take on the amount of nutrition that I needed, even though I wasn't hungry or didn't feel I needed it, because I wanted to practice and train myself. Yeah, and you're training your gut yeah, to yeah. tolerate it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, um, So, um, yeah, so that, that's something I think that's, that's still an area for development for me, I think, to continue working with that. Um, and continue seeing what works for me around nutrition. So, um, yeah, I mean, work in progress for me as yeah. well. I, I didn't get it right. The, the number of races I've been to, you know, and I felt sick or whatever. But the biggest thing I've learned last season was the races I did, I didn't get anything right really up until the Ironman, but at least I'd had a plan and a target and I'd written it down. And then, like, after Cotswolds, because I'd written it down and I knew exactly what I was supposed to do, I also knew then exactly what I had done on race day. So I knew how many bottles I'd, I'd drunk, how yeah. many cliff bars I'd eaten, whatever. Yeah. And I could tell that I was nowhere near my target. Yeah. So then when I did Bar Barcelona, you know, I had to, to um, review all of that. Yeah. And do you know, it's, it's a Barcelona Ironman was in October, and a lot's happened since then, including yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't, I haven't raced. Yeah. And there are no races on the horizon. So I have no clue of what, what that nutrition plan was. I can't even remember what I was eating or drinking, cliff blocks or something. Yeah, yeah. But I've got it all written down on my computer. And I've got the review that I did afterwards about how much I actually ate and drank. And I can compare it to 
my target. And although I was a lot better, I still wasn't quite wasn't quite there but at least I've got that information you know so that I can review it yeah so that's my biggest tip is if you don't write it down yeah then you've got nothing to um you've got no plan to to compare it to and you've got Mm. nothing to look at for the future yeah yeah what about goal setting and yeah I think goal setting for me that's um, uh, and you've been again really good at, at sort of encouraging me to think about this you know what would be my what would be my a goal b goal c goal what would be just like amazing you know um and also you know having a few others if that one doesn't happen again that's another thing that i've developed over time because in the first one i know you try to encourage me to do that and in my head it was i just want to get around okay that was fine for then but i think it's been really useful to get better at that and to really and look at what look at other times and look at how i would achieve the different um goals that we set goals in terms of time um in terms of pace um and, and in, you know how long is it going to take me to do the swim the bike the run um at the different levels and so on um so i think goal settings really helped the planning process in the last few that I've done. The other thing for me about goal setting is is um, like visualising that endpoint and almost maybe having a vision around it and how am I going to feel when I get there and getting emotionally connected to it. So it's not just about the number, it's not just about the time, it's about how am I going to feel um, and that has a real big benefit on me. So if I emotionally connect to that and think about that, like, like an example for, for um, leading up to Ironman Austria, um, I had a picture of the finish line, but you know, as you run down the finish chute, because every time I looked at it, it really connected me with how I wanted to felt when I, how I wanted to feel when I crossed the finish line. Yeah, I mean, that's not, I suppose that's not about setting a goal, but no, it's but about it using goal, goal setting yeah, yeah. to fuel the whole yeah, the what, whole process. And what you do you know? want from the race? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like certainly my and first then, few were I wanted to finish the race happy yeah. without crying or being sick. Yeah. And then sharing that goal and, you know, you know, especially working with a coach or with other people who are doing it at the same time, you know, speaking it and... You know, having it part of the conversations and the planning and yeah, yeah. encouraging each other. And not, and not losing sight of it. Yeah. So the thing about an A goal, a B goal and a C goal or whatever mm. becomes more important the longer your races are. Mm. And, you know, you said maybe the first time you did an Ironman you weren't really thinking about that. And again, people will mm. say to me, yeah, mm. but it's my first one. I'm just a beginner. I just yeah. want to get to the finish. Yeah. And, you know, and that's fine. But it just helps to have an idea of how long it's going to take you to do each section. So you know whether you're going out too fast or too slow. And, you know, beginners have had both ways. People have just gone out for a lovely day out and maybe not even made the cut off because they've lost sight of what it is they need to do. Mm. Or people have gone out too hard, you know, and then blown up after 50 miles or whatever. So it's not about saying you know you've got to race hard or win the race or be super competitive it's just information that's helping you manage you know your targets throughout the race isn't it and manage your speed and pace we had a little interlude we had a little interlude little swim we've been for a swim it was a great swim and it's hacking it down with rain now (laughs) so we've had to retreat undercover somewhere (laughs) um just just to finish off yes we had a lovely little swim so just finishing off our little chat about preparing for races race preparation race planning race strategies particular tips on 
mental preparation mental preparation and managing nerves and stress and things yeah, like that yeah yeah i think um for me this is about developing practices that manage those things all the time and then i can call on them when it comes to race so it's a bit like you know like um doing mindfulness practices to help manage stress it's a bit like it's a muscle that i have to train so by practicing that regularly on a daily basis um it sort of trains it so that I can call on, you know, the sort of getting paying attention to the breathing and all those kind of things in the stressful moments. Um, so yeah, so so it, it's um, the, it might it's not just for race; it's um, it's for all of life. So the kind of practices I'm thinking about things like yoga, mindfulness, um, and any practices that help you sort of get centre and present and you know get you in the zone. Yeah, so I think those are the kind of things that I use for mental preparation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, great. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. tips. Are yeah, yeah. Things I aspire to. <laughs> and the other things I think might not not necessarily straight mental preparation, but I think it's the it's the talking it through with others. Yeah, it's the um, you know like working with you as a coach um working with the other people who like for example were doing the first time at the same time as me you know so the um having the the planning sessions together and those kind of things um and talking it through with others i think really helps personal mental preparation so you know i think that's another thing i'd add to that yeah and i just think the more you think it through and the more you have a plan and a list and a strategy yeah. and the yeah. more you've covered every potential issue the more confident that you feel yeah so actually some of the things we did last year for race preparation if you remember it was about punctures wasn't it yeah and puncture we, practice yeah right and transition we, practice and, and yeah. on our new fancy bikes with mm. our fancy wheels and yeah, drink yeah. systems and all of our puncture kit was kept in different places we actually spent a couple of sessions yeah going through it all because you know the chances of you having a puncture on race day perhaps not that high but the potential for anxiety yeah. about it, yeah. it you know and to, for it to be a little dent in your confidence mm. is quite high and also if you did get a puncture on race day it, it could add, add plenty of time to your race couldn't it so if you've prepared and thought it through it just gives you a element of confidence and actually when we did it there was loads of things we needed to change wasn't there mm. um mm. but yeah that really helped me because that that yeah. would have been like one of those things i could have been quite anxious about yeah, so like transition practice. Just, yeah, we did that bit of that as yeah, well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, rehearsal. Yeah. What do they say? Practice makes permanence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you've thought of every eventuality and you've practiced everything, and you're still anxious, then that's when the mindfulness and visualization and all of those things, isn't it? Like you've just talked about. They really, go hand really in hurts. hand. Yeah. yeah. Any final top tips top for tips. people on race planning and race preparation? I think, well, we just said it, didn't we? Practice makes permanence. I think the planning and rehearsal, so any of the things we've talked about, just do them. You know, go through a plan of what's what's going to happen on the day. You know, any of those kind of things are really useful thing, really useful tools. I suppose the other big one for me is this focusing on the end point and get emotionally attached to how you're going to feel at that point, you know, whether it's with a, through a picture or... Um, so, so it's goal setting, but getting emotionally attached to that goal and letting that fuel the the planning that you do. I think the emotional attachment is really important. Yeah. So that you don't get mission creep. 
Yeah. If you ever yeah. heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So um, the mission creep is where you go, you start off and you train for the year and you go, well, my goal is just to finish the Ironman, right? And if I finish in 16 hours and 59 minutes, I'm, I'm happy with that. Mm. But then you turn up on race day and you go, yeah, but I feel like the dog's bollocks. <laughs> I feel amazing. I could do it in 12 hours. Mm. And you get halfway around and you realise you're not going to do it in 12 hours and then you're disappointed. Mm. But actually, you set out to do it in sixteen hours, so you know you've yeah. you've, you've lost sight of your of yeah. your you know original goals. Yes, yeah, so that's one end. Mm. And then the other thing that I see happen a lot is people set out. Yeah, I guess similar. You set out with a goal to finish your ten k in fifty nine minutes or whatever, and 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 you and you reach your goal, but you end up being disappointed because you look round and so and so is faster than you, and some other people are faster than you, and you only came fifteenth in your age group or mm. or you know whatever. Um, so again, losing sight of mm. what your goals were, mm. uh, and so that's why I think the sort of emotional attachment thing is, yeah. is quite important. The other thing that we haven't talked about that I. I would have mentioned is the whole thing about process goals. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think okay, um, yeah, so. That. Like having, um, yeah, having an A goal, B goal, and a C goal, and what you want to achieve. But also, how, how do you want to? How do you want to be? How, how do you want things to be? Like, do you want to enjoy it, or you know, uh, things like um, you know, do you want to be waving at your supporters? Do you want to be able, you know, chatting to other competitors? And um, and know, if you've put your heart and soul into it, and not got a pb or not got the time that he set out to be then is it helpful to be disappointed with that if you've put laid everything out there yeah and then it was windy or whatever yeah yeah for me then i'm happy because i've my goal probably was to lay everything out there yeah 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 i think it's like whatever you start with yeah it's i think it's having having lots of opportunity for success so even if I don't, you don't meet all my goals. Yeah, I had a shit time. I have all these things happen, but I still enjoyed it. And one of my goals was to enjoy it. Yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah. Or to yeah. learn. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or you know, so. Um, uh, and the thing is, it's what we do in our spare time, right? It's what we do for a hobby. Yeah. Outside of work, outside yeah. of family. So I always say we want to enjoy it as much as possible. If it was easy, we wouldn't do it. So some, some it has to be a challenge, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And sometimes it does hurt, and sometimes it's yeah. not great. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I've done some races where the, the obviously I'm not going to meet the time goals that I've yeah. wanted. Yeah. And in years gone by, I would have just been miserable for the whole way round. But now I've learned to flip it around a little bit yeah. so that there'll be some other goals. You know, so I did the 100-mile time trial last year mm. and I'd spent a lot of money on kit. <laughs> yeah. And I was super confident it was going to be faster. Not only because of the kit, because I was fit. And then I was like, half an hour slower. Uh, you know, I was just, mm. I, I was really disappointed. Mm. But five hours is a long time to be disappointed while you're on the bike. And it makes it miserable. If you're only 50 you miles in. right at the beginning. That well, after about 30 it. miles, I was like, oh, this is hard. And after about 45 or 50 miles, I'm mm. like, you know, this is really hard. Mm. And then that 50 miles is what, like two and a half hours or something yeah it's a long time to sit on your back feeling miserable and uncomfortable mm. but you know i realized the time it wasn't just about the time mm. so it's about all the other things i was learning mm. you know while i was doing that and as soon as i had kind of flipped my head around to remember all those process goals uh, you know mm. i started to feel a bit happier and it didn't matter about the time you know because mm. at least i was there mm. at least mm. i was there doing it mm. 
Mm. It's interesting though. So I, I don't remember a lot of the painful times. You seem to be better at remembering, you know, what it was like at the time. It's a bit like childbirth for me. It's like I don't, I, I forget it pretty soon afterwards. But it's really useful to stop and think about those bad times and and um, what happened, so that you know I can do something next time to avoid them happening. So. You know, I see the merit in like remembering that pain. <laughs> I suppose so I can I, learn from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I remember them because often I was miserable, and there's one thing being tired, and there's another thing being emotionally miserable, isn't it? Tired mm. and not as fast as you want to be, mm. and then there's another thing being miserable and not enjoying it, mm. isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, and so any other final tip? No, I think we've covered them all. Lovely. I well. think we've covered them all. Thank you very much for inviting me along to talk about it penny thanks very much for coming and thanks for the swim that's it folks thanks very much for joining us we hope you found some of that useful and we'll look forward to you joining us on next week's episode <laughs>